Welcome to Touched by Grace, an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church here in the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, visit us on the web at gftnc.org. And now, here's Touched by Grace. So on a daily basis, I'm asking God, please forgive me and put me on the right path. That's a turning point. Repentance is a turning point. When you get to the point of realizing you have not arrived, it's not too late to turn and go in the direction heading toward your destiny. That's what we're talking about. And so when we look at turning from our wicked ways, a lot of things can be included. I won't specify those today, but we have done some wicked things in our lives. I have done some wicked things in my life. There has been some wickedness at my door. There has been some wickedness found in me. And God can purge us of all unrighteousness and wickedness. I won't break down the etymology of the word, but wickedness is a spiritual word because, you know, what do you know about wicked? There's the wicked witch of the West, right? Well, there's some spiritual activity to go with wickedness. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. So wickedness comes as a result of our spiritual exposure, not just our actions or our deeds. All right? So you can do something that's damnable and not even have wickedness in your heart. But when wickedness is present, we have some intentional things that we were supposed to do, we didn't do, that we weren't supposed to do, but we did. So I'll elaborate on that a little bit more later. Then will I hear from heaven and I'll forgive their sin. Here's a direct connection. I wish I had one of those laser pointers. There's a direct connection between um, wickedness and sin. Just like there's a direct connection between hearing and forgiving. God will hear us when we ask for him to forgive us. And I make that plain because oftentimes people don't know that they have to ask God for forgiveness or I need to ask him to forgive me. If I slap you, I don't go to somebody else and apologize. I'm sorry I slapped her, but I ain't telling her that. As I'm having my hand surgically reconstructed, you slapped the wrong person. There's immediate consequences, right? But, but we slap God all the time. We slap God. We slap God in the face when we don't tithe. We slap God in the face when we do things that are damnable to our physical bodies. We slap God all the time. And God never, ever destroys us. He's not into that anymore. He's not into that anymore. He warned him with one city and burned it up. And then he did the flood thing. And he said, I'm not doing that again this time. But when I wipe it out, it's going to be for once and for all. Yeah, I won't be saving. No, there'll be no need for a boat. The boat will burn up too. And there's not enough water on the planet that will be able to quench the fire that will come. So we need to get out of the wickedness. Look at somebody say, I'm leaving wickedness behind me. All right, so we're going to wrap this up by looking at the fact that our sins need to be forgiven and our land needs to be healed. So the last passage of scripture is in James, the first chapter, James, the first chapter. And there were three things that I told you last week that we were going to unpack. We were going to unpack on looking at where we need to turn, where are the areas that we need to turn. I know Elder got them. Where are they at? Our habits is the first one, our mindset, and then our, our speech or vocabulary. That's right. So our habits, our can't help it. So, Lord, I need you to turn my habits, turn my mind, and turn my vocabulary, my words. I was hesitant to even use the word vocabulary because I was going to have trouble spelling it. And vocabulary would be the same as words, except vocabulary would be spoken and understood words. That's what a vocabulary is. When a child begins to talk and is, uh, gu, 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 ba, wah, 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 you say water, <laughs> H2O. 
<laughs> is that what you would you like water? Say water. Which parent in this room will give their four-year-old some wawa? No, no. <laughs> He'll be thirsty. <laughs> Because you want him to use words and understand the meanings. Well, let's take this. I have what I've asked for. If my vocabulary is limited, that's why my blessing supply is limited. So if I just want you, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Guess what you're going to get from the Lord? Help from the Lord. That's what you're going to get from the Lord. But, Lord, you know, I don't just want help. I want revelation. Because when I call for help, you help me. But why do I have to keep calling you to help me for the same thing over and over again? I, just, I don't want help. I want help and deliverance. I want help, deliverance, growth, development. Because de- development comes after deliverance. If you don't develop the land after you've been delivered, some squatters will come in seven times worse. And they'll take over your land. Because we're still talking about healing the land, right? Your mind is land. Your mind is land. Your heart is land. Your possessions are land. What you own right now is land. Even if it's somebody else that owns it, they let you live there, is land lorded by somebody. Why not God? I heard that song on the radio yesterday. You're the landlord, and there's a leak in this old building. Y'all heard that song? Lord, you're the landlord, and there's a leak in this old building. Fix it, Lord, fix it like you said you would. That's Mississippi gospel. Y'all know nothing about that. Dotty peoples climbing up the rough side of the mountain. So when we think about the land and the land lord, who is the land lord? Who owns the land? And God can turn the situation just like that. Come on, somebody help me out. Just like that. Come on, one more time. Just like that. God can turn a situation in a twinkling of an eye. In fact, that's how he's sending Jesus to come back and get us. He won't be waiting at the curb blowing the horn and come on, y'all get y'all stuff together. The Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And in a moment and in a twinkling of an eye, blink, twinkle, that's it. That's the only preparation you have. Let's go. So he can turn some situations around. He can turn it, and it takes just as much energy to say, I, you know, I just barely got money for my rent, to say, you know what, I'm paying my mortgage. I'll let you figure that one out. It may take you a minute. It's just as you got the same number of, of, of syllables to say, I'm sick, to say, I'm healed. I'm sick, I'm healed. I'm sick, I'm healed. How you doing? Not too good. Or good and getting better. It's called the flip side technique. When the enemy throws something on you, you just flip it on him. Things is bad, you know, but there's some good things happening, too. It's cold outside, but the sun is shining. I mean, the sun is shining. It's cold, but the sun is shining. I'd rather have a sunshiny day over a rainy day any day. And even if it's raining, that means that the grass is going to grow because I can get something good out of everything. All things work together for good. In fact, the God that we served is a good God. Somebody say good God. Say it like you're a preacher. Come on, say good God. Good God. All right. So he's a good God. James, the first chapter, verse number 17 says this. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. King James says every good gift and every perfect gift. Remember last week, I talked about how those are two separate things. There's good gifts and there's perfect gifts. Your spouse might be a good gift, but how many would rather have a perfected gift? Yeah, see, the thing about perfection is good can always get better, but perfect is what we're striving for. Don't be afraid by the word perfect. 
Our God is perfect, so he wants us to be perfect people. I know there's a song that says, there's no perfect people. There's a church who says, no perfect people. Look at the meaning of the word. Perfection means mature. Perfection means maximum potential. Perfection means you're producing what you were put here to produce. That's perfect. I wouldn't want apples from an orange tree. That's not perfect. That's strange. It's weird. It doesn't belong. It's not right. So then for me to say I'm a believer and I don't believe, it's... For me to say that I'm a reaper and I'm not a sower is so we need to bring down that strange stuff, that weird stuff, that odd stuff. How odd is it that you believe God one minute and the devil's riding your back like a pony out of town the next minute, riding off into the sunset? There he goes. He used to be faithful. Now he's just rode off in the sunset with the devil going. We get sound effects, too. So the devil will love to take and twist, but God says, keep turning. Just, just keep turning. Just turn it around. Turn it all the way around. If you turn it around, you'll go in an opposite direction from where you're going right now. So he says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God, is from God above. It's from above, and it comes down from the Father of lights, the Father of lights, not the Father of darkness. We serve the Father of light, not the Father of darkness, the Father of light. If situations in your life are dark, it's not of God. It is the Father of darkness, and you know who that is, right? Yeah, don't even mention his name. So so, 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 don't personify him. He, he doesn't even have any credibility because light drives out darkness. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God the same. In the beginning was with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Come on, I know y'all got this word inside of you. So the father of lights makes the darkness to where it can't even comprehend, can't overtake, can't dominate. The situations that you're facing are not greater than your father. You saw Star Wars? You saw that? The light always wins. Darth Vader will tell you that. The light always wins. So he is the father of lights, which in whom there is no variableness, neither does he dwell in shadows. Now, let me get this right. We usually think that wherever there's light, there's darkness. No, not in this instance. In this instance, when the father of lights comes and boom, shines the light. Somebody say boom, uh, boom. When he shines the light on us, all darkness flees. There's no shadows or variableness. Either it's light or it's night. One or the other. Either it's light. You know, darkness has to give way to daylight or it's not daylight. Darkness has to give way to light or it's not light. The two can't dwell in the same place, not in God's eyes, because if they're both there, then you have shadows. I was going to title this whole message, Come Out the Shadows, or Cast in Shade, or something like that. You, all under, you get the picture, right? Do you understand and comprehend now that God wants to shed light on subjects to where he floods out all darkness and things are made clear? And when things are made clear, we can do better, because when we can see the direction that we should go in, we're more apt to get to our destination than we are wandering around in the dark. Have you ever sent somebody to go get something for you and they say, it's not in here? You say, turn the light on. My wife said, like, she said, if I get up and turn that light on and, that, and what I'm looking for is in there, somebody's going to be in trouble. Can you imagine if God said that to you? He said, you let me turn the light on your life. <laughs> yeah. God, and the thing about God is that the, the word of God is the light or the lamp unto our feet. So he gives us the light. He said, use it. Is this message bless you at all? Come on, keep giving God some praise. Clap those hands and give God praise. God is so faithful to us. 
And he is so absolutely concerned about our well-being. But the turning point is up to you. The turning point is up to you. We face situations sometimes that are so challenging that we just don't know how we're going to deal with it. Can you all face these people? Just turn sideways and face them. Yeah. Can you all do the same thing? You are staring down situations. Everybody on this side got some situations and everybody on this side got some situations. And remember, this is another one of the the adages that I've been teaching. That issues become situations and situations become circumstances. And circumstances yield consequences. Mm -hmm. Issues, situations, circumstances, and now consequences. So to avoid, avert, or to relinquish ourselves of just simply being caught up in dealing with consequences, we can turn. I invited this group to start turning toward your right really slow. And as you turn toward your right, I want you all to consider at what point you need to turn in order to get to the destination that you need to be in as well. So that means that your situation is turning around on the same axis that my situation is turning around. And so I'm going to invite you to focus right in here. Since we've made a complete turn around, we can all see in the same direction. I can't see if my back's turned to you. I can't see the expression on your face. Our turning, we're turning, we're, we're literally turning, we're turning. I think about how our children turn right before our very eyes. And after it's done, we're like, whoa, they all grown up now. How do you think God looks at us? Right before his eyes, we go from being that to this. You can, you can, you can qualify that if you like. But I would like to think that he's turning me every day to be more like him, to be more in the image of his dear son, Jesus Christ. That's why we have the example. And I want him to keep turning me and keep turning me sort of like a lump of clay on a potter's wheel. And the more he turns, the more he's able to mold me and shape me. Now, I'm not just going around in circles. There's utility to this. I'm being made. I'm being shaped. I'm being this stuff being cut off of me. You've been listening to Touched by Grace an outreach of Grace for the Nation's Church in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information, log on to our website, gftnc.org, or call us, 616-974-9128. Our mission here at Grace for the Nation's Church is to reach the diverse people of the world by teaching biblical principles and life application of the Scripture. Despite the present-day challenges facing individuals, families, and our communities, We believe there is hope.